Blog Talk Radio. For the Bobby Eaton Show, yeah. giving you information you'll want to know, speaking on issues affecting us all, and music for the soul. Yeah. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Hello, world. Good afternoon. Good evening. Hey, and welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show. This is where we tell our stories our way in the heart of Black Wall Street here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So uh, we're going to be talking about some things. You know, Oklahoma needs state question 805, and we're going to be talking with uh, Jacqueline Blocker here. Jacqueline, you you know, Jacqueline Blocker. And uh, in the studios. Hey, uh, Sherry, how are we doing? Hello, Bobby. How are you? What's going on with you today? I'm doing fine, trying to hold on to my hearing. Trying to hold on to what? Trying to trying to stay well. Trying I'm trying to stay, to stay well. well. I can I can dig it over there. I hear you <laughs> over there talking and stuff like that. Well, we want you to stay well. That's what we want to happen. So, great, great. We got a great show today. You know, we're going to be talking about this and... Um, it's a very important important topic, you know what I mean? So we're going to be talking about it. And we're going to bring her on in just a minute. Meanwhile, it's hot outdoors. It's burning up. It is it's very hot. Up. And you brought me some stuff from out of your garden today. <laughs> you know, tell tell everybody what you brought. I'm I, like, I'm like, wow, brought, this girl and brought me some. I brought, I brought Mr. Eaton a salad made of Armenian cucumbers, mm-hmm. tomatoes, and red onions. No dressing. He's going to add his own dressing. So whatever you decide to put on. I might not put no dressing on, on it, huh? Well, you, you, you might. It, is, you it might just sounds clear. You might want to put a little pasta with it. Yeah, a little you know? pasta, something like that yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, with no further delay, we're going to bring Jacqueline Blocker on, and uh, you guys stick around. And she'll be on in just a second. You're on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. And you can go to the phone lines. We want you to dial area code 918-856-3873. Again, that number is 918-856-3873. If you can't remember that, go to the website. Uh, Just Google the Bobby Eaton Show. All the information is right there. So we're going to be right back. And we're talking about. Uh, Oklahoma needs state question 805. So we're going to be right back. Stick around. Thank you. 
here on the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way. And uh, in the studio, Jacqueline Blocker, how are we doing? I am doing great. Thank great, you. Great, great. Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Glad you could be here. I'm so happy to yeah. be here. Uh, yeah. So you're a native Tulsan, right? I am. I'm born and raised. Born and raised here in Tulsa. And where did you attend school? I uh, attended Holland Hall. Holland Hall. I'm a Holland Hall graduate, but my parents are Booker T. Washington graduates, so okay. I feel like I'm kind of a Booker T. Mix the Booker T. Holland Hall. What were you guys' mascot name? What was that? Okay, it's the Dutch. The so, Dutch. We'll you were a Dutch. Okay, okay, got you. I got you. I understand. I got you. The mighty, mighty Dutch. Okay. Yeah, so it wasn't a whole lot of African Americans going at the time you were going to school, right? No, not many. Um, I I know it's improved a little bit, but there weren't many of us there. It was I was the only female black in my class, and I graduated. So really, yeah. Oh, okay. So it was interesting. So, so you stayed here in Tulsa. You've been here all your no, life. No, I left after college, and I just returned. college. Where did you attend? 
Harvard University. Where? Harvard. Oh, you went to Harvard? Yeah. Oh, big school. <laughs> Uh-oh. Big guns right there. Okay. Harvard. And you did how many years did you do at Harvard? Uh, I attended four years. I graduated in four years. And then okay. I went on to law school, University of Missouri. Okay. And so um, I practiced law, civil, and the civil defense side for a while. Mm-hmm. It just never was you my thing. You weren't feeling it? No. No, I tried, but it just wasn't my thing. So. What was it about the civil defense part that you didn't really ag- agree with? I think that there is uh, a certain personality that fits that, and I probably just wasn't suited for that. I needed to be doing something that I felt like I was helping people more and making a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. So it's a great uh, area of law. Is it stressful? It is, but everything, everything, almost everything I've done has been stressful. Okay. It seems like. So it wasn't the stress. It was just more um, feeling like I need to do more to have a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. And um, although I had a platform to do a lot of great pro bono work, I just didn't have enough time to do as much of that as I wanted to. So it just wasn't a good, wasn't a great fit for me. For you. Yeah. 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 Sometimes we go through transitions and we have to move from here to there and try until we get something that feels good. But the experience was so great. I'm so glad that I had it because I've used everything that I learned then and everything that I've done subsequently. So I I don't regret having found out what I don't like. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So are you able to practice law here? I'm not practicing now. You're not practicing at all? No, I'm a recovering attorney. But you could do, you could take a case if you wanted to, right? Uh, I'm, I'm not licensed in Oklahoma. Oh, I'm licensed in, Oklahoma. in Missouri. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. You'd have to pass the bar here. Yeah. Yeah, because they're not interchangeable from state to state. They are, but I uh, would still have to sit. And I You're not even interested I'm in that. I'm not really interested in that. I'm happy to give people consultation, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm okay with not practicing anymore. I, I like to do what I'm doing, not advocating. Yeah. And tell everybody your current position and what you're doing. I am the engagement director for Oklahomans for criminal justice reform. And what we are a bipartisan group that advocates for reform of the criminal legal system here in Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. Yes. So yeah. it's statewide. Yeah. So the numbers here in Oklahoma are quite high. You know, they, uh, I understand we have the most incarcerated people are, are just women. It's uh, we are number one for incarceration of women. We are number one for incarceration of black people. Well, black people, period, right? Yes. And we are the second incarcer- second highest incarcerator in the nation behind Louisiana. But those are by like a couple of hundred numbers or so. I mean, that changes. They're, they're that close, huh? It's pretty close. And then the numbers may have changed a lot, but uh, we are, we're still up there pretty high per capita. Mm. That's pitiful. Yes, yeah, pretty sad, huh? It is really sad, and it's wasting taxpayer dollars, and it's really hurting our communities and our families. That's mm-hmm. the the biggest impact. Is it's tearing apart uh-huh. our families? Yeah, our communities, our families. Yeah, radio. Turn it down a little bit. Yeah. So, um, uh-huh. so what we do is we work to try and find ways to implement yeah. evidence based, data driven reform measures that are proven to work that will. Um, Thank you, Sherry. Okay. Sorry about that. That's okay. Jacqueline. That's better. I had that's to get fine. a little technical stuff going on. No, that's fine. Okay. And that's what were you better. saying? Um, I was just saying that um, OCJR and other advocates in the criminal legal field, we are trying to find ways to change some of the policies and the laws that will uh, reduce the incarceration rate and reduce the overcrowding in our prisons. 
Um, and I am here to talk about state question 805, yeah. which is a ballot initiative. Okay, let me ask you a question before we actually really okay. go there, because we're going to go there here in a second. How many do you know the numbers of how many incarcerated African-Americans they are in the state of Oklahoma? Do you know? I do Any not numbers? have that exact number, but you know what? I'll be sure to have that for you next time I come yeah, back. I'm just so wondering. I, I was numbers. curious about how many of us are locked down. I have to tell you that the last count I saw, and the numbers were way out of whack, proportionate to our population. Mm. So it's it's definitely impacting our communities. No, um, are those incarcerations coming from certain cities or certain areas? Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah, it's mostly coming from the metropolitan areas. Of where metropolitan? Yeah, Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma City. Tulsa, Oklahoma City. And Lawton is Lawton a third, but probably not because you have a lot of military. Lawton Lawton. is close, but it's definitely higher in Tulsa, Oklahoma City. So what about like Muskogee, Oklahoma, or any of those? Muskogee and Oklahoma have high rates for incarcerating. And then also another what's always left out is um, our indigenous people. The Native Americans are locked up at a very high rate as well. But they never talk about that. Never talk about. And, you know, another thing we never talk about is how many veterans we have incarcerated. We have a lot of veterans that are incarcerated in Oklahoma for drug problems. So rather than helping these men when they came home, we have incarcerated them for having problems. Mm -hmm. So So uh, a lot of times the prison systems don't rehab. There's no rehabilitation. No. Once you go, there's no rehabilitation. You're just locked in a cage for, what, 24 hours or 23 hours, just maybe out for one? Is that what it is? If they're in the maximum mm-hmm. um, security, they are locked down for 24 hours and they get one hour out. That is my understanding. And mm-hmm. amidst COVID, when they were trying to social distance people, I mm-hmm. believe that's what they implemented in some other prisons. So a lot of these men that weren't in women that weren't on max were still being having to do kind of max time for safety. So they were in individual um, cells for the majority of the day. Well, I could imagine what it would be like to be in a cell with somebody Mm. with COVID. Well, and that's the thing also people were going, you know, everyone was saying that they couldn't handle being, you know, on lockdown during the COVID. But I was like, think about our brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. This is their life. Every you know for decades yeah. and decades, and we have our luxuries at home. Right? Yeah, we do, we do, we do. We have that going on, so we got to do something about it. So, <clears throat> state question eight hundred five brings about trying to, I guess, bring relief to the prison system, right? That's right. Sentences that our brothers and sisters have, right? That's right. Maybe chopping them in half or something, because if a brother got busted back in eight. 1887 and he's doing 20 years for cocaine mm-hmm. you know trafficking I mean that's really that's just extreme isn't it the extreme sentences in Oklahoma are what is really hurting us um, in Oklahoma we have our citizens serve 70% longer for property crimes 79% longer for drug offenses for simple possession drug offenses in the rest of the nation that's 80% longer in prison. So what state question 805 will do is do away with the sentence enhancements that are increasing our sentencing that are beyond the maximum that is allotted for a particular crime. Because let me tell you, Sherry and Mr. Eaton, what's going on. Um, so like you said, an individual commits a crime when they're younger, 20s, whatever, at one point in their life, they make a mistake. And maybe they received a deferred sentence. 
Um, but at the end of that deferred sentence, if they make another mistake, any other subsequent mistake, that prior conviction can trigger what's called a sentence enhancement, which will permit, will allow, not only will they give them the max sentence for that current crime, but they will accelerate whatever was for the prior crime and then tack on additional time. So we have some of our brothers and sisters currently in prison serving life sentences for nonviolent drug offenses. I personally know that Project Commutation has commuted over 30 life without parole sentences for nonviolent drug possession. But or that's property just a drop in the bucket based upon the numbers you're talking about. And that's so what, how do you they're uncovering more and more. That's what they're having to go into. Uh, state question seven eighty, which made um possession, simple possession of misdemeanor mm-hmm. and made raise the property crime threshold to a thousand. Um and then we had state bill um twelve sixty nine which made that retroactive. That resulted in that huge commutation that we had last November. Mm-hmm. That was that relieved some of that, and now we're having to go through and look at some of those other files to find um, more people. But people are starting to recognize this. This is why we're talking about it because I don't think most people are aware no. of the fact that we have so many of our citizens sitting in prison for nonviolent drug offenses and nonviolent property offenses, most of whom had a substance abuse issue mm-hmm. and needed therapy and rehab, and not necessarily excessive sentencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You, okay, you said drug offense, re, drug offenses received a higher sentencing, and then you mentioned property. Yes. Okay, but you mentioned a thousand dollars. Now, what was it before? Five hundred was the threshold. So for five hundred dollars, if you did any type of quote unquote property damage, and 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 people Our can staff. jack the price up. Mm-hmm what's considered property whatever whatever mm-hmm. it could be chewing gum but to us because you stole it we have to replace it it's now five hundred dollars you are spot on that's those are the cases that are being that makes my that's hurt. what that's what the cases that were that are being drilled into now because they're realizing that there was no dollar amount it was an item and so they're having to go back and decide what is the cost of that? Because how do you decide what is the cost of price of gum? Is it really a thousand dollars? Right. Yes. Um, people, and if you did not have the money to pay, there you go. There you go. Wow. Yeah. I've heard cases of uh, gentlemen, guys who are well, even just down to David L. Moss mm-hmm. and who can't get out because they just need $150. And Go ahead. Well, that's the bail is obviously a huge issue. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people are basically the way that some of our laws are set up in the criminal system. It's criminalizing poverty. Right. And we're not supposed to have a debtor's prison. Wouldn't you say that's uh, systematically designed that's to kind of be that way, which is racist and focusing on the underserved people who need they know you know, can't have the finances to break the system. Because if you got money, you can stay out of the system, basically. That you is, can afford to pay. You can afford to pay, you yeah. You can afford to pay. And that's why I call people system involved, because they get caught in the system. And um, that's exactly what happens. Is we have to address the issues and the problems that are creating this and why people are going to prison for these low-level crimes. If you're going to invest money, Let's invest it in the wraparound services to help people before they fall and get into trouble. Mm-hmm. Substance abuse and rehab, 
mental health. There's so many of our brothers and sisters that have mental health issues and aren't yeah. able to receive the diagnosis that they need properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're encountering, having encounters with um, law oh, enforcement. Right. And there's no one knows how to deal with it, right. and they don't know, and then they're and, getting right. caught in the system. Right. Are, um, are murdered. And, yeah. So this um, state question 805 will do away with sentence enhancements. No longer will someone be able to receive more than the maximum sentence for the crime, for the nonviolent crime that they have committed. Okay, so you said nonviolent. <clears throat> Say a, a, a guy, a drug dealer, got busted uh, with a kilo of cocaine. What would be? 2.2 pounds. Okay, you know, huh? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So what would the sentencing maximum for someone like that for on a first-time offender? What what, What should it be? Someone who got busted for a couple of grams of cocaine. I'm so glad that you brought that up because this is what uh, sentence, that's why state question 805 is so important because every crime has a sentencing range assigned mm-hmm. to it. So you can take into account someone's prior history as, in that sentencing range. So the way it's designed is that if it's your first offense and then take into account the egregiousness of the account of the offense. So that's the range. If it's your first offense, you should be at the, early part of the, mm-hmm. the lower end of it. Mm-hmm. And then if you uh, commit more crimes, then you're you go up and you receive the maximum. Right. Um, but right now, and that's up to the legislator to set sentencing enhance whatever the sentencing range is. Lawmakers decide the sentencing range oh, for each crime. But so that, that's the judge and everybody, huh? No, she said the legislature. That's, that's a well, that's I'm, Kevin, you know. that's Regina. <laughs> they Are you set, sure? <laughs> they set the range, yes. And then, but the judges and the DAs have the power. Mm. That's the part that I That's the part. That's why yeah. I said the judges. So the judges Even though it's decide. been legislative been set in place, but they're the ones who can decide how long you're going to be locked up. And that's why State Question 805 is so critical. Because the DAs abuse sentence enhancements in um, Oklahoma. They, they threaten ask. people with yeah. these excessive sentences, and they they threaten them, and then they use the sentence enhancements to give them excessive sentencing. So, if you're being threatened with life for what? a simple profession, and then they say, "But I'll give you 25," it, that's oh God, I you're going to take that. you're going to take 25 instead of life. So. Let me, this is a so problem. They, they, oh, God. yeah, it's awful. Sentence enhancements are only used in a handful of states still. I oh, think maybe wow. less than 13 states still use this. But of those states that use it, the they South. use it 20% of the time. Oklahoma, 100%. 80% of the time. Wow. And I'm going to tell you, they were try, we were going to look. I thought that, you know, it was going to be used a lot more with black and brown people. But it's used so much in Oklahoma that it's used with everybody. That's how much it's used. Like everyone that has a prior nonviolent conviction is basically being faced with sentence enhancements. So my question is, you have your DA and you have your judges. Mm-hmm. Okay. The DAs are cutting deals with the <clears throat> offenders. <laughs> the offenders. Now, look, um, we know you stole something and this is your first time. But if you go in before the judge... You may run the risk of like, you know, five, 50 years or whatever. But if you agree to the crime, 
25 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, well, I just take the 25 years for the gum and go on and do my time. That's right. What and, are you going to do? Right. If and, you were facing life. Right. Right. What would you do? But that's wrong from the DA's, you know, from, from you know, thinking about our, the DA. Mm-hmm. That's wrong to come after an individual like that. Mm-hmm. It's wrong for a judge to okay that too. Mm-hmm. So how can they be held accountable? And that's what we that's what 805 can also do because now instead of them being able, instead of DAs being able to utilize um sentence enhancements as a threat to get mm-hmm. these plea bargains that are mm-hmm. excessive, now defendants will get their day in court. And so the evidence will be heard and they can go to trial instead of that because that's what's happening. And mm-hmm. I'm sure some people don't like that because it's going to require more work. Exactly. That's the whole thing. They're trying to make it look this old. But every person is entitled to their that's day in court right. to due process. And wow. it's not happening. 805 will make the legal system work that's like it's supposed so to work. Wow. And it will do away with giving someone more than basically double jeopardy. People are suffering from double jeopardy with these sentence enhancements and um, state question 805 will, will eliminate that. So um, it's just very important for us to get this uh, passed in November. That's, that's November election day. It is November election day. Oh God. I I was thinking maybe it was in August, you know, but it's not. Well, the governor, um, yeah. Well, we have about five more days to register. Right. That's right. Five Ooh, more days. You guys listening? You got five more days. Yeah. And you can go to um, uh, Oklahoma. No, not oh, no. Okay. What is it? Dot gov. It's okay. Dot okay. Dot gov. And register. Yeah, you can do that. Okay. Dot gov. You can come by Eaton Media Services and pick up some registration. form registration forms yeah. right here, fifteen thirty three North Norfolk. Uh, we got to get registered, y'all. I'm going to set up a you know, weekend. And we got to vote. Oh, yes. You must get out and vote. Vote yes on state question 805. Tell all your friends about it. We have volunteer opportunities. We're looking for volunteers to spread the word. We have we have text-to-text peering. We have uh, virtual phone banks. Um, you can put out um, yard signs. We have walk cards to distribute. There are so many ways we're going to have virtual town halls that we love for everyone to participate in. So spread the word, please. State question 805 is essential for us to get our communities and our families wow. back together. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it's going to be retroactive. So people that are currently um, incarcerated okay. that have been, have been impacted by mm-hmm. sentence enhancements will mm-hmm. be eligible to apply for commutation and apply for this retroactively. So, this would tremendously wow. ease the overcrowding in our prisons and allow us to reinvest our resources where they should be. Right. Substance right. abuse, mental health, our babies. You know, we have the highest ACE scores in the nation. nation right. And I don't think it's a coincidence that we incarcerate women at the highest rate um, in the nation as well. The fact that the two are in sync, I don't think that's a coincidence. So make sure you tell the people what ACE stands for. ACE is, uh, it's acute childhood uh, trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically, uh, it, it assesses what a child's trauma, and it just goes to show the impact that having a traumatic life experience can yeah, have on a yeah. child and their growth and their ability. It causes depression, mm-hmm. um, high blood pressure, diabetes. Like the health impact of the childhood trauma is, 
mm-hmm. is lifelong. And now adults are going back and realizing that their childhood trauma is what has contributed to some of their um, health, health issues. Problems. So mm-hmm. um, we just, we got to stop this. Um, wow. The pipeline to prison has got to stop. We have got to reunite our families. Um, nonviolent offenders should not be sitting in, in jail. No. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard for me to look at a, a guy who's been locked down for 10 years for marijuana. Exactly. You know, think lot. about it. Now we got marijuana. We are okay, okay the usage corner, of it. Everywhere. Every, corner, every corner, corner, there's a dispensary everywhere. And this guy's been sitting up there and still sitting up in there, mm-hmm. you know, for just, you know, distribution of marijuana or even usage. That's right. You know, and it's it's uh, it's but, sad. But not only that, for those type of sentencing, you know, enhancements and whatnot, and when that person does eventually get out, can you imagine what that has done to them psychologically? Period. They're not the same person coming back. They're so not. It's hard to even function in what we have now. Mm-hmm. And then you know, even though you serve your time. You may still be on probation. Exactly. Okay. I don't know what to do for a job. I have this felony conviction. I can't even go to Walmart for that matter. Well, even if I do go to, even if, you know, American <clears throat> Airlines allegedly well, lets people work. If but, you live in an underserved community where there are no jobs, that too. you know, and you're coming back into that community yeah. after being released from an institution. Yeah. Right. Where are you going to look to go get one unless right. you get on the bus or go to somewhere to find something, you know? So, and that's where a lot it's of a that repeat cycle. offenders take place because Jojo gets out of pen, out of the pen and he goes hook up with Pookie and once he gets back and wow, man. You, sort of like, you, you yeah. Eric, repeat offender. Eric, huh? Eric Harris. Was it Eric? Eric. The, guy, the guy that oh, was murdered. Oh, yeah, Eric Harris. Oh, Eric Harris, yeah. yeah. I mean, that whole situation kind of reminds me mm-hmm. of what you just, he was out. Yeah. Okay. He was out. And the gun trend, it's, it's like you're selling a gun for whatever to help your kids, that's whatever, right. whatever. And that's how he lost his life. Not because of him being a bad person. He needed money. Mm-hmm. And he, he went back money. to the behavior. And he, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta care for my kids. I gotta take care of my family. Yeah. yeah, crime so, and it. and that's that recidivism that you run into. And that becomes a lifestyle. After a while, it's a conditioned lifestyle in our community, the world we do for survival. Right. And that's not only here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that's but that's around the country. That's period. And you, you know, in underserved communities. Predatory, yeah. predatory communities because certain neighborhoods. People automatically, you know, oh, that's no, that's, ooh, I ain't going out there because they do this, that, and the other. And not necessarily preying on each other, mm-hmm. but, you know, I caught you slipping. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm, I, I, yeah, I caught you slipping, so yeah. I got what I needed, and I'm out. Mm-hmm. Not to, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not condoning the behavior, but just the fact. You've got to well, take care of your family. Yeah. But the thing about it is what gets me is African-American people do not manufacture drugs. No. Nope. We don't manufacture cocaine, heroin, uh, marijuana, all of that. Well, we no, don't we, manufacture we that. Yeah, no, you know, you know, big corporate businesses and big time people who have the money, who import and export that to our country, slip it in the country by airplane, trains, buses, and things like that. They'll go get with Pookie, mm-hmm. 
And Pookie, here is $25,000 worth of cocaine. Take this and bring me back 45000 I'm just using an example. Mm-hmm. And he goes into the community. He gets his boys together, and they chop it all up, and they disperse it all out in the community. And all these drug de- dealers are taking place. And they get busted. Mm-hmm. So whether than him snitch on Mr. Westmeyer, you know, or someone like that, he takes the rap for it and gets incarcerated, you know, in the system. Right. And it's an ongoing cycle. Because somebody mm-hmm. has to step into Yeah, somebody's got to step into his place once That's he right. gets in there. So how can we keep our brothers smart and informed and sisters too to stay out of the lifestyle? You know, and that's a hard thing to to really do when we're systematically brainwashed to do negative some of that negative behavior. Yeah. Behavior. Well, that's what. Um, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, this Wednesday, uh, a webinar with OCJR is going to be highlighting second chance employers and talking about the efforts that a lot of the employers and um, some of our tech schools are trying to make to get training so that when our brothers and sisters are released, they get the proper training and we're setting them up for success. And that's another reason why we want to pass policy reform like state question 805, because then we can also invest more resources in reentry programs um, because we need to make sure that we are preparing these individuals for success when they reenter society. We want them to come in and be tax paying citizens, part of the community, raise their families, you know, contribute. And most of them, when I go visit the prisons, that's what they want to do. And they do not want to see those prison walls again. So a lot of the time it is crimes of survival that cause them to go back. When you come out and are working three jobs and still can't make a living wage. um, And you have children. And you have children to take care of. You know, it's easy to say, oh, well, it's a choice. But is it really? Um, so that's I am. There is a webinar Wednesday at two o'clock. OCJR Community Conversations highlighting second chance employers. I would mm-hmm. love for people to uh, to join us so that you can learn more about that because we want people to be successful when they when they reenter. It's better for everybody. Yeah, it is better for everybody. Do you have a list of those? Um, I do, I'm compiling a list, but I can tell okay. you off the top of my head, Bama is a huge second chance employer. Okay. Ion. Um, they do heating and air, mm-hmm. um, and I know that Action Staffing in mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, they focus on helping um, system-involved individuals with placement. So mm-hmm. I am compiling the list, and I'm going to start okay. highlighting second-chance employers because we need to celebrate them right. and, and make sure that people know about them and, right. and they're doing that. And I've actually heard that for the first time in the service industry, there is a shortage of employees. And I said, you know why? Because your target audience is is incarcerated right now. All Mm -hmm. of you need the 18 Mm -hmm. to 35-year-olds are incarcerated for low-level crimes and and incarcerated for too long. Everyone should be held accountable. But there's something, there's, there's a difference between accountability and punishment. And right now we're just over, we're just, too punitive and it's not helping and like you said people are coming out worse than they came in sometimes because they shouldn't have been there in the first place or they're staying there way too long right it breaks their soul it does it breaks their soul you know it's kind of like an animal in a cage it is is. it's no different than an animal being in a cage 
you know, and uh, you're in that cage all day long. Mr. Eden, I have a story to tell you. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to try not to cry telling it because it's so heartbreaking. A young man um, in college, doing well, very successful. Um, I guess he'd had a little, got caught with the possession when he was 19. It was a deferred sentence, I think five to seven year deferred sentence for simple possession, which even that was too long for that. Um, and then he was in a relationship with, he's, he was black, he's black and his girlfriend was white and I guess they had a disagreement and she called the police and um, he knew he had done nothing wrong and the girlfriend of course came back and retracted and said he did nothing wrong but she told him that he had stolen a bottle of alcohol from her apartment it was his alcohol that he was taking with them because they were breaking up Um, so he when he was getting arrested he was talked he was talking you know, trash to the police because he didn't think he was going to get convicted. He knew that he was a college student. You know, I mean, he's everything about him was good. He wasn't in trouble. And um, he got about 20 years in prison. That's he's had, stupid. yes, That's he's had he's 20, been, 20 years. Huh? They accelerated stupid. his deferred sentence and then they charged him with breaking and entering. And this young man and has he, been and beat up and had oh nervous breakdowns, God, and horrible. because he never, th- he can't, so rock, he should have never been there. He should have, he should have never been there, number one. And the judge had the, the judge has the power to decide. It's not like the maximum sentencing type of thing. Right. The judge has the discretion to do what he's a decision maker. Yeah. He's a decision maker, but so, when these, uh, with the sentence enhancements and when the DAs recommend it. I think that, you know, the... you know, I believe a lot of times judges just be paid. They can get paid off so my to make decisions. Like, okay, judge, how many of these um, mm-hmm. for-profit prisons do you own stock in? Mm-hmm. Can, 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 yeah. can we call that number? Yeah. It's definitely a need to hold everybody accountable in the system from the first stop all the way to DOC. Like, there needs to be accountability along the way. And that's why it's so important to get engaged in the criminal justice reform movement on some level, because there's so much work to be done. Um, And the only way, I mean, this, the policy reforms that we are proposing are only to get Oklahoma to like average. It's not even, they're not even radical um, Mm -hmm. reforms. We're just trying to get to okay. Right. Just trying to get to okay. Wow. (laughs) That is insane. That is insane. But that comes, like you said, the racial part of that particular situation screams, screams. Yeah. Because had it been a little white boy, y'all just had a little spat, take your little little bottle of champagne or whatever Uh it is and gone down the street. But because, you know, you see what he's doing, you see the track that he's on, you make that type of decision. Even with the, her testifying that it was, I didn't know, I was upset. She testified that, but the judge was like, "And here's an opportunity for me to screw up somebody's life." So it's so heartbreaking. No, that people that went in and hmm. these judges that do that type of thing will have to pay in a higher price than we we'll we'll never see it, but they will be held accountable for their actions. Everyone is. And I think yeah. that's why it's so important. I think people, especially now, we feel like we don't have a voice. We feel like, what's the point of saying anything? Nothing's going to change. But that's not the case. Like, mm-hmm. we have to 
vote. We have to get involved. You have mm-hmm. to know who your judges are, who your DAs are. You got to study. You have right. to study and you have to know, okay, it's, it's so important to not just get caught up in the social things. We have to know what's happening in our communities for our, for our families, for things to get better. We do make the decision. You can't complain about something if you're not educated about what's going down. Right. Yeah, we need to do that. When you talk about that, when you say that, when you talk to some of these people that make it back and and that weathered the fight, weathered Mm -hmm. all of that, they will call these judges by name. Mm -hmm. But if you don't really know, you're like, oh, oh, okay. But when, when they call them by name. And say, he's a dirty so-and-so. He did this to me. He gave me this. And they're really, like, adamant about you. That's when you realize they did that to you? And people don't believe it. Exactly. Exactly. I think everyone should. If you've never been able to know, I know now it's COVID. It's a little different. But if no one's been able to sit in on a proceeding, a court proceeding, and see how it it happens, it's not like television. Everyone should go in courts are open you should go in and observe how uh, a sentence takes place um, and see the decisions that go into it because it's quite telling to understand the process Um, but state question 805 will have make the DAs and the judges do their job it will Mm -hmm. give defendants their day in court and it will stop um, people from receiving over the maximum Mm -hmm. sentence Mm -hmm. for their current crime no longer will you have to keep it's bad enough to come out and already have the flag on you and have right, that. Right. But to have to pay for a crime that you already paid for over and over, over and again. over again, mm-hmm. um, it, that breaks someone's spirit. And it yeah. does not make us a stronger state. Governor Stitt is committed to making Oklahoma a top 10 state. And this is one of the ways to do it. And the only way to do it is to reduce the mass incarceration in Oklahoma. So he probably thinks he's in the top 10 already. (laughs) We're doing well here. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. It's just a matter of opinion. But it's just like for real. Perspective is everything, right? Wow. Perspective is everything. Privilege. 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 And it's not, I'm saying racial, but I know. For a fact, it's also economic. It, it's it, the 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 poor white child probably suffers the same type of you know sentencing. I'm so glad you mentioned that. You know, the thing that's been the hardest about the um, the criminal justice reform movement is that they try and say that it's an urban issue. It's only in Tulsa, Oklahoma uh-huh. City. We don't have these problems in the rural communities. It's worse. It's worse in it's the rural, rural. communities. Right. I mean, some of those individuals are stuck in the in the county jails for weeks and months mm-hmm. without getting a trial. Mm-hmm. So I really, I do not like that they try and divide us in that right. way because right. it is really criminalizing poverty. Yes. And poverty doesn't know race. I mean, obviously we know that our communities underserved and we mm-hmm. are suffering, but the rural communities are suffering poverty. Poverty. And so anyone who is suffering from poverty is is really subject to that. And so I think that is, I'm so glad that you brought that up because that is one of the things that annoys me mm-hmm. to no end, that it's not just an Oklahoma City and Tulsa issue. Right. right. And people, they, like you issue. said, they focus on because you have the, the percentage of people mm-hmm. happen are, are black people. So that's what they're looking at. Oh, it's just black people. No, boo-boo. You've never been to rural Oklahoma that's and right. see how some people have to live. That's right. So until you've been in that space and you go for a judge that has, you know, these credentials and whatnot, and he's looking at, you know, little Johnny, 
looked like he'd been out there running for a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. And because of your privilege, you don't even care about little Johnny. You don't give Johnny the same amount of time that you give Jaquan. So it's just, it is what it is. You have people that are in privileged positions of power, and they make these decisions on individuals' lives. So if you don't have the money or where you come from, actually affects the outcome. That's so right. I think some people just don't understand that some people, you know, I hear, oh, well, it was a choice. They had the choice. But I don't, you, it's easy to say that when you've always had options. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. When you don't have choices or your choices are very limited or your, your, your scope or your, your world seems a little bit limited. Mm-hmm. It's not as easy to see choices and options. So when you're comparing like urban, urban areas to like rural areas and the type of crimes that are being committed in each one, mm-hmm. you know, so when we talk about drugs and rural communities, it's a whole mm-hmm. different you're like, whoa. Yeah. Because what you think is extreme and what people's behavior is in Tulsa, you go to someplace like Haskell County or Father, you're like, they're doing what? With what? Yes. And it just shocks you to no end. So when pe- people, you know, we're not going to show them rule. We're just going to focus on the urban parts of town. In the meantime, those uh, those rural counties suffer God, I, 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 the only reason why I know is because you put, I'm connecting the dots here. Mm-hmm. When you have, when you have to go to the country and grandma in the country and she in another county, you get to see the real country and you, they don't, they don't, somebody yeah. actually lives there. You've been to Lenapa? Exactly. Like, you <laughs> say, hey, and they wave at you. Hey. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Exactly. Crazy. It is so crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's something else, isn't it? <clears throat> do something about it. Have we got to do a lot about it. You know what? Education, education is power. And the more we educate, and the more knowledge we get and obtain and be able to put it in our psyche and put it in our brain, Ooh. the better we're going to be. You I know? want people to also know, don't listen to the lies. If you want to do absentee ballots, I advise that you do it. You can get your application online, and you can vote, I think, up to 30 days early. So mail them in early so that it's not some delay in counting them. So mm. I just want to make sure that people know that you can vote. Vote early. Um, get it I in. wonder if it's going to be any funny business with the absentee ballot or ballots, period. Um, you know. We're already being primed for work. Yeah. So. That's <laughs> why I'm like, vote. if you can vote early, do it. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with it, um, but we've got to get everyone out there to vote. No, we do. Everyone has to vote. You know, when we vote, we can make changes. We can make changes. We can make changes. And the reason why we're in this current is because a lot of people were um, apathetic and never thought this was going to happen and chose not to vote because they were unhappy. And I certainly hope people don't make that decision this year. It's too important. And we've got to, there's a lot of changes that need to be made. And you know, yeah, you know, 805 needs to, you know, and the local voting is more important than the national voting. Yes. You know, you That's must like, well, well yeah, no, it after, is. after this after this little episode uh, if, if yeah. you didn't if you have not learned you you gonna learn today. Yeah, you're you gonna learn today. Well <laughs> see so you gotta get them local people out there to vote. 
you do. That's right. And that's what we it is. Look, the local folks need to get out and vote. Every election. Do you know I know some gentlemen my age who've never voted before? Don't tell me that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I actually know some guys my age, a couple of guys, friends of mine. You're going to give me, you're gonna give me their name? Never been um, to, never registered, don't want to register because they believe that they're going to do what they want to do anyway. So they have no... Their minds are messed up like that. So, I, I know these people. You might have to give me a. You might have they, to holler at them. They, they, didn't yeah. go to, they didn't go to your book of tea. No, they, they, they didn't they go to mine. <laughs> well, you know what school I came up I in. Know, so that's, like, that's a whole well, nother. They, you know, not just book of tea school. I went to other schools too. <laughs> they dropped you know. out. <laughs> yeah. So, they had to drop out. Yeah, they out. dropped out. I kept going. I got my degree. You know, so my degree in community. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. right. Oh, That's what that was and right there. And your master's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, look here. We're going to take a short pause for the calls. We're going to take a break. We're here with uh, Jacqueline Blocker. We're talking about uh, Oklahoma State question 805. You can dial the number 646-716-5525. And don't forget to hit the one button. That's what we want to do. Hey, this is Tulsa's on Gap Band right here. We'll be right back. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the sounds of Tulsa's own Gap Band here on uh, the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way. And uh, we've been chopping it up. Jacqueline Blocker, Sherry, and uh, Miss Sherry Lasky. Yes, sir. And we're in the house right here. And, uh, you know, what do you think, what do you guys think of uh, all of these incarcerated females? I mean, because... Oklahoma has the most incarcerated females. What is that? That's me over here feeding back. So Oklahoma has the most incarcerated females. So, I mean, how did that happen? I mean. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Out of all of the states here in the United States, Oklahoma winds up with the most incarcerated females. Yeah, I really don't know. I mean, honestly, I say I just Oklahoma seems to love to lock up women, and I don't know what it is. I know one of the uh, one of the contributing factors was this failure to protect law that they implemented. Um, women who are in abusive relationships, if their partner hurts the child in any way, even oh, if the God. mother or if the mother had no knowledge of it, wasn't involved in it. You should have known. You shouldn't have left you your baby have with known. that man. The mother gets way more time than the actual yeah. abuser. That, that makes me just It makes so me, upset. yeah, the failure to protect is so sad. Um, so I think that's a huge contributing factor. Yeah. That women are supposed to be superheroes, like, you know, women that are choosing to go to work. Right, and you, leave, and you leave your child with your significant other who you think is... Who you trust. Um, right, who you trust, mm-hmm. and you come back, you know, firing's going off, or they coming on your job to get mm-hmm. you. And you so, should have known. That exactly. has happened a few it, times. It, it, oh, yes, it, it happens does. a lot. No, there's mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. women. There's so many women that are um, incarcerated for that. Yeah. Incarcerated, and they get way more time than the abuser. The abuser will take a plea deal, and... Uh, 
the mother ends up being separated from the child. So it's not really protecting the child because the studies show that get the mother some help and a mother in trouble who gets help is still better to be with their child than a child being separated Mm -hmm. from their mother. So, Uh, and a lot of times, yeah, they, they really don't care about you and your struggle. And that goes back to why people are like, I got, I need to do this. I'm thinking about this case of this young girl, pretty little girl, and her boyfriend, and she had a baby, and she mm-hmm. let him watch the baby and come back, your baby's dead. Mm-hmm. But she was going to school to try to better herself, and she couldn't bring the baby with her, that type of situation. That's right. And you come, I mean, you don't even finish up the whole day, and it's like, clink, clink. You're gone. Your life has changed forever. That's it. So they just think they, I think they assume like the mother should know. Um, And also, I don't think they realize that a lot of these women are caught up in um, the cycle of abuse themselves. Mm -hmm. So most of them are trying to devise a plan to get away. And unfortunately, some of that, and I do believe that a lot of these women generally do not believe that these men are harming the children at all, even though they're hurting them they don't think that they're harming the, the children they won't, they won't hurt they won't hurt their child or that's they won't the hurt one thing child. exactly yeah. and yeah. for some reason i don't know why a lot of judges do not believe that um and i think it's because people do not understand the cycle of abuse um that's true and so to ask a woman to have the strength to stand up and do something when and she's fighting for everything to get away and most mm-hmm. of them are trying to Mm-hmm. To create us by they're going to work or going right. to school. Right. Yeah, okay. I think that uh, females have a bigger struggle being incarcerated, you know, because they're away from their children. Right. And, cool. you know, all these years away from your child. And then when you get released, you got to re enter the system with life. your chi- that child's life. Exactly. Where a lot of guys, they just get released and, they, you know, they got baby mama drama. You know, of but not being there, to, but the female has to, she has to get back with her children and her mother and everybody who's been ever caring for those children. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times they get, uh, once they go to prison, they, the, the, the children go into foster care right. and stuff like that. Cause they won't even let yeah. they It's won't a even bigger drain on the state, family. too. Like, right. how is that helping the community for these it's children to helping. go into foster care? Yeah. And then a lot of, you know, the highest incident rate in all of the female prisons, this can make me cry, is on Mother's Day. They go, they go ham up in there on Mother's Day because they're not with their kids. They go crazy and more yeah, Mother's Day. Yeah, there's a lot more incidents. I didn't even think Day. of that. You oh, know? that's when they always take up. Everyone thinks it's going to be the other days, but Mother's Day is the highest number of incidents usually. I mean, I'm not in I the prison incident. system. Yeah. Huh? yeah, incidents when people are acting out right, because acting they're not able out. to see their exactly. family. Yeah, but I mean, even on a biological, like cellular level, you gave birth to hurt someone, mm-hmm. and you're denying me the right. To see my child. That's right. And you don't think that's going to affect that child. You don't think it's going to affect me. Mental you're, trauma. You're you're punishing mm-hmm. me even more. So like you say, just because I'm a woman and I had this child. Yeah. That kind of thing. So it's we again going back to the system. Going back to the system. How you really don't value women. It's broken. Unless it's a certain type of woman you're looking at. It's a broken woman system. with the money. Well, has I think lawyer. the system don't value people. Period. You know, women, women on the top. You know, and when you get incarcerated and you can't rehab, that's where the, what I got the issue with. You can't rehab. Prisons are not set out to be rehabilitation. Centers. Yeah, rehabilitation too. They used to. 
They did? Like when? I thought you tell I mean, me. I've heard of people coming out with degrees, better lives, that well, kind yeah. of thing. Well, yeah. For day, example, I'm going to use someone, for example, Negro Spiritual 121. Mm-hmm. Got busted for drugs. Right. They gave him, the judge gave him 121 years for drug Mm -hmm. trafficking. Yep. He went to prison. He did six years inside those walls. And because he was able to get to the library and studied every day, he found a technicality in his case. And he he was able to attorneys and they overturned oh yeah oh illegal search and seizure mm-hmm. you know wow. if he hadn't done that he would still be there, right still be in there right now as we speak that's amazing because that's the first the fruit of the poison tree that's like the first step that you look at so mm-hmm. that's amazing that goes to show you how many of the cases probably are not even effective cases yeah, so. illegal search and seizure yeah, that comes back to yeah. it you know, wow. that's an important thing. I don't think people realize with the drug crimes here in Oklahoma, you know, there's no limit that's set to possession with intent to distribute or trafficking. There's no certain amount. So you could be, you could have a joint and they could say that you were intending to distribute it. Right. So that is still a felony. It's simple possession, which has been uh, lowered to a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. So that's another issue that needs to be addressed because since they can determine that whatever that amount is and decide whether or not they think that you're intending to distribute mm-hmm. or trafficking. Um, so have mercy. Uh, that's another thing that has to be addressed. But state question 805 is going to do... And once this is passed, well, I'm pretty sure it may pass. We hope it that may, people know what even it is. though we're we in a red state, and you know people. certain laws and people here like certain things a certain way. But I think that 805 will pass. You know, that's we the, what we're going to hope for. To vote. I mean, the the polling has shown that um, almost 70 percent of Oklahomans do approve of this measure. I mean, it's really moderate. It's nothing radical. Like I said, it's archaic. Most states don't even use it. We abuse it. So this isn't a radical change. This is some change that is needed and required for us to make, to actually start moving forward. This is undoing some things that shouldn't be in place. Yeah. And this is necessary for us to move forward. Do you know who implemented this uh, bill? Who put this into or Do you know? Oh, gosh. Happen to know? Oh, the enhancements have been in law for so long. And the reason why we had to do this ballot initiative, a a constitutional amendment, is because attempts have been made to get legislation passed to do away with the sentence enhancements. And for some reason, they just have failed. Because the legislators want to think, they want the population to think, oh, we're we're tough on crime. We we don't tolerate it. And we're going to, you know, prosecute it to the fullest. So, no, we don't want you to mess with those laws. But the flip side to that is because it's been abused so long and just, you know, just taken advantage of to just, you know, end people's lives and livelihoods for that matter, you know. And what you just mentioned, you said 70% of your polling shows that people are really interested in that. So that lets you know it's more than just a, a racial thing. Absolutely. So once you get those poor individuals, those middle class individuals without the funds or the connections or don't know this judge, don't know this lawyer to help circumvent all of this, they are the ones that are going to decide whether or not this passes because it affects them the most. 
That's absolutely right. We have to get everyone out to vote because even though people approve of it, if they don't get out and vote for it, it's not going to pass. No. And the one thing that I do, the criminal justice movement, is there is bipartisan support. This ballot initiative has bipartisan support. Um, you know, Republicans and Democrats, independents might argue about how it should be done, but everyone agrees that changes need to be made. So that part of it is positive, and, and that aspect is positive. But people still have to get out and vote. Of course, there's going to be opposition to it because some people are just against criminal justice reform in general. Um, And then some people think that if you've committed a a previous crime that you should have to um, be punished harder. Whatever the judge gives you, huh? Be punished harder, but I don't think Mm. they're understanding how severe and how excessive these sentences are. And the data and the research show that excessive sentencing does not make us safer. Oklahoma is not the safest state. We're at the bottom for public safety. We're at the bottom for a lot of stuff. So if this were working, I wouldn't be doing this. That's why I tell people, if we were one of the top five safest states, I would not be involved in this movement. Mm -hmm. But we are not. The system is broken. It's not keeping us safer. It's weakening our communities and our families. It's just not working. And see, what you just said, we're at the bottom. So when you're at the bottom of the list out of 50 states and you're at the bottom in so many different categories, it does not matter. You, you at the bottom. So you can't expect anything but what we're getting. That's right. You know, and it's not like, it's not like we're like, you know, you, you learn to, to function within that crazy, within that level. Because someone's saying that, you know, do you feel safer in North Tulsa since she's been in office? I'm like, look. I've been surviving in this space since I've been in this space, okay? So one person cannot change all of this. It has to be a collective effort. And so when you're talking about police brutality and how police are taking advantage of situations and whatnot, and you kind of brush over it, yes, our system needs reform. I'm not talking about getting rid of the police, but guess what? I don't see them until after It needs reform. In order to do that. It needs to be reformed, yeah. You have to change policy. But we're not talking gotta about talk about policy because you you've got to change policy. And so what are the and the other thing is you've got to have your this is what I want. Bam. Even yeah. if it's a long laundry list of extreme things, this is what we want. This is our top priority. And and when you have that and you are minority people, African-American, you have to unite yeah, you, you know, and we can't be going in all these different directions. Right. And where we could tell, you know, we have to unite. Because one thing that I do understand, at least during the civil rights movement of the 60s, you had Martin Luther King, you had Malcolm X, you had the Black Panthers, the SCLC, mm-hmm. the NAACP. All of those entities were different, but they had one common cause, equality and equal uh, stuff for our people as we go forward. And that's what we need today to change policies. We got to get on the same boat, you know, and go in that direction rather than have our own platforms. And well, I'm going to go here and I'm going to go here and, you know, well, I ain't going to fool with what they're doing in such a that's a negative way of of doing it. It's not helping us. It's not helping us at all. With 805, it's a different spin because it's not just like Bobby said, as a community, that's one thing. But this is affecting more. It's affecting us more so, mm-hmm. but it's still affecting our community. Not just, you know, you're, it's affecting everywhere. So it's not like monolithic. You yeah. still have yeah. other other people that this is affecting. That's right. So 
it's affecting us across the United States because 68% of the United States house incarcerated African Americans. That's a big number. Across this United States, when you look at percentages like 68%, See, my, my oh, the prison does, population. My dad does prison ministry. Yeah. He's like up in age. He's like 80. Is it? Mm-hmm. He's still going? He still goes to prison ministry. Mm-hmm. I got a couple things, of partners do it too. And, and one of the things he, he said that hurts him is that he sees so many able-bodied black men that are locked up. Oh, for, for sure. Things like this. And it's really like when we talk about men being not present in the community, mm-hmm. it affects us as a whole, it affects us as a whole. But when you ca- when you have these type of laws that are like penalizing folks, and you have people that manipulate these laws to get people well, more time and whatnot, yeah. it's a losing. It's we wind up with what we have. I, now, I just so. believe I believe we have to wake up and understand that we're being controlled systematically. Because, yeah. like I said earlier, they bring in these drugs and alcohol and all these liquor stores and all that into our community and, you know, putting it in the community to have you just all strung out on meth and crack and all of that. But black drugs, people black people not manufacturing none of that. So, I mean, that's all you see. That's all you know. You know, when somebody for. moves here to Tulsa, <laughs> Oklahoma from out of town and they're African-American mm-hmm. and someone tells them, don't move to North okay. Tulsa. That's don't right. go over there. You, you don't the want to go over there. When, when 80% of North Tulsa Tulsans are good people. Right. You just got a small percentage of knuckleheads out here doing well, what, something. What, what community doesn't have a small percentage of knuckleheads? Just because yeah. our community is over-policed, there's bad people everywhere. Bad people everywhere. Our community just gets over-policed. So that's, I mean... You know, the, the police officers who beat the beat over here in North Tulsa, I talk to a lot of mm-hmm. them, a whole lot of police officers. You know what they tell me? Man, I would rather work in North Tulsa than work out in South Tulsa or work out in East Tulsa or West Tulsa. I'd rather work in North Tulsa. But what happens is the minute a crime takes place here, the mainstream media blows it all up. It's all on the news. North Tulsa. North Tulsa can be out in East Tulsa. Emerald and Sheridan, huh? I've noticed, too, about the media. I can always tell. The media. It's like they'll show the the black mugshot, but they, they never show, show the white mugshot. Yeah, they they so show they the happy picture, like, hi. <laughs> Except for the crazy guy that had to shot the police. Well, they had to shot that he, he was Oh, man, I was so looking. glad it wasn't one of us. But you I know. knew it wasn't one of us. You know, I just presented. felt that. The way yeah. they even started telling the story, mm-hmm. and, and the crazy thing about that is you didn't hear any hype. You didn't hear anything. It's just like, oh, okay. Oh, they kind of kept him kind of hush-hush a little bit. But they didn't really your, talk about him a lot. That was the backside of the crazy that our our president is focusing on. Mm-hmm. So when he gets sentenced and whatnot, that's what we need to be looking for. Is he going to get laid? What is his sentencing going to well, look like? Well, I believe he will get I life will, because he got, we got too many mm-hmm. uh, red state Republican people in favor of him getting life and getting locked up, I you know. Well, so I don't I think that. hope so. I don't think that he'll have a chance. He, yeah, he killed him. Not just shot. He killed a police officer. He killed a police officer, and that's right. the difference. Yeah. Now Johnny can get shot every week here over here in North Tulsa, and not too much being said, you know, about his death or anything. But he killed 
a police officer. And, and that's where the difference is. Right, right. I get that. I mm-hmm. get that. But the thing is, how it's being, oh, yeah. you, you don't, for something that major to happen after it happened and the stuff that we've gone through and the type of publicity, it was just like a little blip in the road. Mm-hmm. And not connecting it to the overall picture, what's going on. They want it to sound like, okay, we, our community doesn't want this type of policing. We don't want this. We don't want that. And then someone shoots the police from from where they are. Mm-hmm. So when they look like them, it's like, oh, okay, well, we'll just handle it and da 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 mm-hmm. It's not about, you know, removing police. And those are good guys. Well, those were good guys. It's policy not about change. that. Yeah, it's the policy change. It's a policy change. And I hate that that happened to them. I wouldn't want that to happen to anybody. Anybody, no. No. But it wasn't right way, for him to kill him like that. No, no. And then and then his friend came and picked I'm like, why the heck the man get, get his friend come pick him up? It's just crazy. It was crazy. It was too crazy. So I was just like, this is unbelievable for this to even happen. But, you know, and and I'm not trying to pour any shade on the officer. He was a good guy. They said they, yeah. that, that he was a real a respectful young man mm-hmm. and all of that. You know, but like I go back to say, little Johnny gets shot and you don't hear nothing hardly about no, it. Just after They're going to talk about it for a little while for that day. And, you know, that's it. Well, you know, everything is perception. So if you've never been around black people, don't know anything, and everything that you know is based off of what you see on the media, and that's your perception. You have your preconceived um, biases, and then you see what's on television, you're going to assume, well, then little Johnny asked for that. Yeah, that's why we're depicted as almost like a colony. You know, (laughs) there's a division between... uh, the tale of two cities exactly. here in North Tulsa and other places. And, you know, there's some good stuff going on here in North Tulsa Absolutely. that never gets reported, never gets talked about. I mean, I could name 10 things going on that are oh, good God. things here in our community. So many great people. And great people, yeah. people doing good stuff, yeah. people out in the trenches, frontline soldiers working, exactly. you know, uh, schools and everything else is, you know. It's taking place that never gets reported, you know. So, um, and uh, you know, when we got some people with some nice homes over here, yeah. everybody ain't living in in a broke down shack, no. you know, no. like they try to project us to be. No. You know, we got some people living pretty decent over here, and some people have education, We're have been to schools and education, and and are intelligent right. and smart, you know, and know what they stand for. That's right. You know, I was just. Kojo Osamoa Caesar was just yeah. in here, mm-hmm. and he just lives right I, walking distance from where I'm at. Amazing. Around over there, and him and Brandon Olden and all of these guys, these black young black professionals, what I say. Yep. And I say, yeah, brothers, That's keep right. it going, keep doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? Because you're showing that you don't have to move out of this community right. to have some success. That's right. You know, you can live right here and buy you some land, build you a house. You know what I mean? And North Tulsa is like a diamond in the rough. Not for long. Yeah, people are coming because they're coming back. They're coming back here and they're buying up the land. Gentrification is coming in. You know, so you have to really look at it. So if you got a home and you own a home, don't just give it up and move. Don't sell it. Yeah, don't sell it. 
because, don't get rid I mean, of because the property values are really low here. Yeah, they're low. Your property people, taxes. Don't let yeah. someone get your house for six hundred dollars. Exactly, yeah. six hundred dollars. They bought your house. Next thing you know, all the Hispanics came over and remodeled, it, and the white guys and bought it up, and now it's worth. Thirty thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars, seventy thousand dollar house. Yep. You know, we talked about that. Me and uh, Pastor Tim talked about that. You know how that's why he's buying up a whole lot of houses. Yeah, you know? that's smart to that's do. Good. No, that's why I tell people you have to get involved politically. No policy and financial empowerment. That's the key. Like you have to get involved and know what's going on. Know who your DAs are. Know who your judges are. Know who your councilmen are like everything, and vote, and then learn you said, you said a key thing right here. Know what a councilwoman is and her job. Know what a state representative does and a senator. You got to know what these people's jobs are. I mean, we know, and I right. sit around, we know right. we know who Kevin Matthews is, Regina Goodwin, Vanessa, Janetty Marsh. We, we know, know them, them. And, we know them and love them. You know, know but we got to know what we elected them for and hold them accountable for the jobs and stuff that they've taken. That's right. You know, so and we've talked about that all the time. Call them, pick up the phone, report something, find something, you know, so you got to do it. I heard a Yeah, a lobbyist told me that a legislator's phone is ringing off the hook if they get five phone calls. So it doesn't take a lot. You can get, get their attention. To get their attention. Mm-hmm. You can get your a church group together, your book club. You know what I just did? Call the city of Tulsa because they were speeding down my street. And I complained about people speeding down my street. And I wanted a stop sign put up. Mm-hmm. They put up a stop sign right there on the corner. A oh. four, and made it a four-way stop. I've done it before. I didn't so, the light. But if I hadn't said anything... It would have still been going on. Now they're getting ready to cut the field over here That's in the right. alleyways because we don't hold the city accountable for their stuff. Mm-hmm. If you don't tell them. If you don't, don't tell come. them and complain about it, they're not going to worry even, about even it. Even if they do come yeah. and it's something across the street that they can do right then and right. there, they won't do it. They come back out next week and do it. Gotta yeah. Call you got to call them. You got to complain because they're not going to do that out of Utica Square. No. Them homes out there, them big old mansions mm-hmm. and stuff. You can bet they're gonna be manicured, grass gonna be cut, alleyways gonna be paved through, and it's yeah. gonna be immaculate. That's right. You know what I mean? So, hey, your taxpayers over here, right. you know, so well, why not hold them ac- accountable? Well, 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 when well you have what? A lot of renters, huh? When you have a lot of renters, but you got some owners you too. Have some owners. You got some owners. Someone owns that property, mm-hmm. but guess what? A lot of time those owners, they don't live. There. I see them coming with the big oh, yeah, I already know about it. Yeah. And they just you know, and the reason I know about that, I once was a city inspector. Really? Yeah. Wow. They gave me a badge and a car. <laughs> Bobby Eaton, why did they do that? And I rode all out in your neighborhood and all that and put out dumpsters in the neighborhood yeah. and excess property and things yeah. like that. But, you know, a can of paint will do a lot of stuff. Yes, it does. You know, uh, just a lawnmower cutting some grass will do a lot. Of, will improve your place 100%. That's it. You know, just some cleanup will do. Perfect. And we got to get in that mood of, of restoring our stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, just pride restoring in our community. Our, huh? Pride in our community. Pride in the community, yeah. you know. But again, huh? when you have renters and your renters don't think that way. 
Your rent is okay, and you, and you know but, it's a rent house because every six months somebody coming in and out the house. Yeah, true. It doesn't change. So when you're driving down the street and you see four cars parked on the space by the size of this room right here in mm-hmm. front of my house, okay, you take pictures three one one and send it to them so the city can come out and write tickets. That's right. But the thing is, when you had a same person, okay, along with that pictures. You need to make that phone call. Yeah. I, you know, I, you definitely I need to make that phone and call and talk to the supervisors and send that. What is your email address, sir? And send that to them so they can see it. If you complain enough, they're going to do something about it. Yeah. They got to. Gotta, if you complain enough. You got to make some noise. You got to make noise. Squeaky, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. It does. Sure you does. know. got to make some noise. Yeah, I made some noise about them speeding down the street. And look. And they call me, did they put up those signs? Yes, they did. Now I need to get the alleyways cleaned up over here mm. just by a phone call. That's right. You know. So that's why we're trying to make noise with voting for state question 805. 805? Yes. Yeah. And therefore, you know what? Your environment will help you feel good about yourself. It sure oh, will. My goodness. Yes, It'll help you. If you wake up into garbage and trash mm. and stuff like that, no you know, inside your house and outside your home, mm. your self-esteem level is going to be low. I think about mental. the kids. Yeah, and the kids, that's what they grow the up kids, with. The kids, they grow up with that. They, they, come, okay. they come to school and drop trash right. in class. And, and, like and that's the norm. And that's the norm for them. Exactly. And that becomes the norm. It does. Yeah. They don't see anything outside of that. Uh-uh. And we have to train up our people to know about so they won't have to be incarcerated and we don't have to be always fighting to pass bills and stuff things like that and we can sit back and say yeah well it doesn't apply to us because we've cleaned it up i want to get to the point where we're not talking about so much second chances but making sure everyone's getting their first chance and we don't have to be talking about these second chances so much yeah the kids deserve every child deserves that first chance they do. And we're not giving them that, I don't think. Mm. We're cheating them, huh? We are. As a, as a people. We're failing trying to them. Be, yeah. Trying to be really strict the first time, you know, I, you know, we're not even going to bother type of mentality. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I think, well, I think that we need to make sure that, like you're talking about, our communities are clean. We're giving them opportunities education-wise, um, exposing them to the arts. Um, just making sure that they know that there's other opportunities so that they don't have to necessarily make a decision that could result in them getting caught up in this in the criminal legal system. So I want to make sure that I I substitute taught one time and this little girl it was here in Tulsa and she was in sixth grade and she didn't get into I think she found out that she wasn't going to get into Booker T and Carver. Sixth Carver. Grade is Carver. So she didn't yeah. get into Carver. Yeah. So she was going to go to I don't know what school it was, but she was like, My life is over and and, she, and that's what she felt like already. And so she already knew that like this school is tagged this way. Right. So and this school is tagged it's it's real. It and is it absolutely my real. heart that it she already real. is giving up. So She's, that's right. What incentive does she have? So those to really... are the options. We, you know, does she have an? Does she have an option? Right. Okay. And what are the options? Okay. And are those options necessarily good for her? Okay. She may not have been able to go to Holland Hall or Casher Hall. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what other charter schools are available for her in the middle school setting? Are, can she get into KIPP? Mm-hmm. Okay. KIPP is okay. Decent test scores. 
um, dove. Because she get the dove. Once she got the dove, will she fit in and dove? Mm-hmm. Because guess what? It's a whole totally different population. Okay. The new charter schools, are they really equipped to deal with her and prepare her? Are they just charter schools? So it is so real. I used to teach at Carver and I taught middle school six I taught sixth and seventh grade science. And a young lady was in Walmart. I didn't remember her, but she remembered me. And mm-hmm. she was kicked out of Carver and she said, Miss Lansky my life has never been to, been the same because of one person who lied on me. Yeah. And she was kicked out of the school, you know. And the, the, the child bragged about having her kicked out, that kind of thing. Mm. But now, and I'm like, you don't, Walmart isn't your end story, mm-hmm. sweetheart. You can continue to do what you need to do. You can go to Tulsa Tech, go to TTC, whatever you need to do. This is not the end for you. So, but you have a lot of kids like that. You have a, I mean, when I sat on the, I sat on the um, application process for kids wanting to get into Carver Middle School, and this is way back 1998, somewhere in there, we would get stacks that looked like almost three reams of paper just for the girls, okay? Two and a half reams of paper for the boys. These are applications, and they're stacked by hot rank, but you know, from the best standard and after that, like, but it's just like these kids wanted to go to that school. They wanted to they huh? wanted to go to that school because they knew and a lot of a lot of them are coming from the community. So when you know your community schools are just basically broken. And you, you, your kids, those kids that are in these feeder schools, not necessarily feeder school, but the elementary schools that are in the community, and they're really trying their best to get there. You're a straight-A student. You did everything you were supposed to do. You got your little letter. Mm-hmm. But guess what? It was 100 other people better than you. That's right. And now, now what you're going to do? So that is, you know, in some cases, that's where it all began. You you can't even get into the right school. So now you go to a school you have to fight every day. People are going to talk about you because you know how to read. You think you're smart. Uh-huh. Oh, you, oh, you know how to enunciate your word. Oh, God. You're not. All of those play into that mindset, that mind game. So now mm. they have to fight and worry about that in those different types of settings. So it's just, yeah. And, and, and that's why and, – and, Prison, like school to prison pipeline. Right. It's not by the. It's not necessarily, but that's what it is. Because you find a lot of very intelligent people. But I know you. Like, oh, what, they, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? The first time I went to Kate Bernard to meet with Prison Fellowship class, I walked in the room, and it could have been one of my classrooms from college. I mean, the women that were sitting in there. It was so bizarre to see that. And then mm-hmm. when they were talking, I mean, they all admitted I made a mistake. I know I should have, you know, be held accountable, but they were like, I got it after 18 months. I, I got that I made a mistake after 18 months. I don't need 10 years to figure out that I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're absolutely, we have so many talented artists, so oh, many God. smart people. I mean, just the resources that we have thrown away. away. We put them in other places. It we put them in heart. other places because in the summertime, 
we had a park to go to. Yeah. Miss Wright, swim class all the time. It was free mm-hmm. at BC Franklin. Okay. So those type of programs, Lacey Park, you had programs that you could go to the for midnight free. basketball. All of those things. Oh, yeah, you had all that. All of we don't things. have any of that anymore. We don't have any. So what do you expect? Like, I have a group of kids in my neighborhood. They come out around 7 o'clock when it starts cooling off, and I'm like, okay. What they're getting ready to get into. Exactly. Huh? And I, I drove around like, dang, the trapoline is broke. Dang it. Shoot. What they going to do now? <laughs> mm-hmm. But they have nothing to they do. They have nothing to do. That's so true. they come up with their own devices. They create and, you know, stuff to do. And it's just like, Lord, 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 what what are they going to do? And we need to put our resources in the communities. And we need we to gotta build those walls. We got to build them up. We got to get the mm-hmm. communities. Yeah. We got to give them. those communities and. Uh, Get our children involved. Get them involved early. We got to get them involved, involved in all entrepreneurship yes. and and yes. things like that, building and helping each other. Because the one thing that I noticed is that our young African American men, and that can range from uh, nine on up to eighteen, do not know how to do physical stuff. They don't know how to saw. They don't know how to hammer. They don't know how to do electrical or or plumbing changes. They don't know how to do any of that stuff because they're being pacified by PlayStation Mm -hmm. and and Xboxes and stuff. And some of them will say, I don't want to get up because I'm in the middle of it. I'm in the middle of the game. Wait until I feel. And see, we lost that. Now, I grew up. I can do all of that. You know, my daddy mandated. We had to hammer yeah, saw, right. nail, push-up stuff. I'm a woman, and my daddy made us learn how to do it because he yeah. wanted us to be self-sufficient. Self-sufficient. Right. Right. I had to iron. I had to cook. Oil, and I can do all of that. Like, okay. I don't have to depend upon anybody to do any of that for me, but it's not being taught. They made a big mistake when they took a lot of that out of the school system. Mm-hmm. When they removed home economics right where, where ladies ladies knew how to cook and stuff like that and Everybody. mechanics and all of that they, they made a big mistake i agree i agree yeah but they made a big home, mistake home management and this is coming from a teacher okay right a science project i wanted um, we were talking about energy conservation okay so you got your you got your lights on you got your, your air conditioning going you run the so energy conservation mm-hmm. was the topic, and it was, okay, get your electricity bill, mm-hmm. see how much energy you use, and graph it. Because I had, I had the math involved, mm-hmm. I had the re- science involved, renewable energy, non-renewable, the whole nine years. I had a parent to come back and say, my child not doing that. You don't need to know our business about our electricity. I was like, what the that type mm. of stupidity coming from parents, it just it just grates you a certain Oh, it breaks you way. down, don't it? Like, oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. My eight-year-old talking about, oh, no, we're racing electricity. I have him turning off. All the lights out. Hello? I'm plugging it when you're done Why with is the it charger? dark in here? Because the sun is out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I'm like, no, we're going to lower that so, but, so, but those are the things, yeah. you know, kids should know. And when you're trying to incorporate that in a classroom setting oh, and you oh. have parents to come back, and, and fight against you, huh? It's just like, uh, it just oh. does something to you. So I am just like, man. But again, a lot of things our kids are missing. They're, you only can teach so much in the classroom. Yeah. You can only, it's the parents. You can only, yeah. It's the parents. Yeah. You know, if you got parents of generation who don't know how and know what to do you because know. they've never been taught, then that's what, what you're going to do. They're going to only go by 
what they've been taught. If you got a single parent mother who has two little boys and the daddy's incarcerated in the in in the pen, That's right. and she don't have a grand a grandpa or an uncle or somebody to come over and, and raise help her raise those boys, they're gonna just grow up. You know, not knowing exactly how to be men because there's a different. I say this all the time. There's a difference between malehood and manhood. Mm-hmm. You can yeah, be a male, right. but can you be a man? Mm. A man can take care of himself and be self-sufficient. Right. You know, so and then that's what a man is all about. He can help. He has the ability to help people. You know, that's what a man does. But they have to be taught that. So until that happens, that's what you got. You know, that's why so many single women. And we're not loving each other as a culture of people. The love is just like it's where did the love go? You know where did the love go? You know, and some some of our younger people, and I'm not knocking all of the younger people because we got some fantastic uh, young people out there who are aggressive and who are doing positive things. You know, they it's a lot of them out there. Mm -hmm. You know, but I'm just saying for those who are not, because I think if you don't love yourself and care for yourself. How can you love someone else? That's right. You know, I mean, really, really, if you don't, if, if if that black love has been destroyed, you know, we don't hold hands no more or, or just have a basic conversation on the sofa or just something, interaction with each other as men, as men and women, then you didn't, lo- you didn't lost all that and you become content in your lifestyle living that way and nothing never happens. I, 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 Nothing ever happens. Okay, so I hear what you're saying, but you still have people that have self-love. The problem is people are no longer communicating, and there's so there's there's so many distractions yeah. that mm-hmm. that that you know. To, to people look at you, well, you're not married. Uh, no. Well, because that's old. Uh, that's my, old my, now. My, 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 you know, just like <laughs> not that I wouldn't. You know, yeah, I was I, for a little bit. I and talked with I a lot like, of young. No, I, wasn't for me. But what is it, Sherry? It's just just finding a person that's genuinely honest. Mm. You ain't got to lie. Well, that that that's the issue. There's <laughs> no communication. That's the that's the issue. People trans being transparent. Yeah. It's hard for people See, to be transparent. You know, and it's it, it's like I talk to a lot of young people, whole lot of younger people. And I say, I say, man, you think you'll get married one day? No, man. No, I'm not getting married. You know, they have no desire to unify with in that male female situation. Yeah. So well, they, well, that's a whole nother. That's yeah, another that's topic, but I would love to come back for that topic. Yeah, that that, 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 that topic is like because. There is the saying. breakdown of a family. It's the breakdown of the family. They're you not seeing that anymore. Like, they didn't see their mother and their fathers them do it. You and, may have seen your mother and father do it. You may have seen an aunt and an uncle that did, and they did it kind of crazy, but they still together. That you may have seen it, but you didn't participate in that. The only time you've seen them is on Christmas and New Year's and well, all of that, that coming could, together. That could, serve, that could serve as you your know, base. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, you, I, I you know, have to be taught. You have to be taught and understand how to respect one another. And understand and when you, it's not going to always be perfect. perfect. Right. You have yeah, to, it's, people don't know how to deal with conflict. It's not television. Yeah. I think they hit a bump in the road and think, oh, well, that's it. And there's no communication, no honesty, no mm-hmm. support. Well, and, when, you're being, when you're being 
raised with love and hip hop and oh, and, no. and and rap no. music of demeaning women music calling them bees and hoes and stuff and you got all that going on every day, all day, no. you know, judge no. shows and everything. You've been raised with all of that. That becomes part of your psychic and in your brain. Yeah. And you start acting out in that kind of behavior. That's so the, true. the media I influences a lot does. of I people. Think I think it influences people. The music I was listening to growing up, I'm like, well, no wonder I had this fairy tale dream because all of the music was love music. Oh my right. goodness! Black men were begging for Ooh, their women. Wee, that's what we were doing. Yes, you know, it was like, oh well, yeah, I'm special, I'm beautiful, and all of that. And we complimented like, each yeah, other. We, we said things. We but did now things. You compliment somebody. What? What you want? Yeah. <laughs> what you want? You must want something. Yeah, okay. And then they say friends with benefits and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah. where did all that come? Hey, the word now is smash. You know, what is smash? You know, I mean, have some respect. Like mashed you know? potatoes? Why mashed smash? potatoes. What are you smashing? Yeah, right. Like, I'm just like, all this different lingu- languages and, and all of this. I'm just looking and saying, wow, is this what we've come to? But you know, there's still there's still black a few. love out there. There's some out there. Been still, over 50 years. Yeah. I wish we would teach oh, yeah. our kids and oh, yeah. other people how to exhibit that. And then the prison system was shortened. It was. It'll, 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 the prison system will go down. You know, you got family units. You got people getting together and loving each other and building something, some goals out there to go towards. Yeah, it spreads out. Have your family unit yeah. have more strength to support someone else who needs that help. Right, right, right exactly. You support, you know, the neighbors and the communities. We need that that love back again. That was the one thing that I think we always had that advantage of. We mm-hmm. had the community and black love, and we need to get that back. We so, get it back. Right. That will decrease that prison population. That's right. It'll go down. Black love. You know, like, because like, you got a purpose. Black love matters. And something, black love loves matter. Love <laughs> That's pretty good, Sherry. Like black that, love. Sherry. I'm gonna post that up on on, on, that. on social media. Black love matters. I love it, you can't fight yeah. about that. That's yeah, so. fight about it. Right. That's a good one right there. We got t-shirt. We gonna get some t-shirts printed up with that. that. Black love matters, right. and it does. And it does. And you, it in order to have black love, you have to have black respect. And you know, you gotta love respect. Love you gotta sure love. enough have that respect because mm-hmm. without the respect, you you just gonna be float. And when you respect yourself. You respect others, that's right? And so that's where the self-love comes into play too. If you don't, if you are in an environment where dark chocolate skin is viewed as a negative thing, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. and you take well, that with you, well, that's, that's a form hey, of self-hate. That's especially when, especially but that's when a style dead. right now. But no, but even, you know, I'm out of style. <laughs> You know what I mean? But, but uh, you know, no, we, were, no, we was good no, in the seventies. No, 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 no. We were good in the seventies, but you know, seventies. Smokey you Robinson and the, the fellows. That was a real thing. That was a real thing. Yeah, that was a know. real thing. And now yeah. that we've gotten to this point, like, oh, okay, it's not. It's not about the skin. It's about the person. Well, it but is. When you, but when you still have those vestiges up, like when you look in the media and, and videos and people that you see on television. Shannon, the football player, I'm just like, oh my God, he's Shannon like, Sharp. Shannon, Shannon Sharp. Sharp. I'm yeah. like, oh yeah. Shannon, Lord Jesus, that man is fine to me. Mm-hmm. So with Brian Gumble, mm-hmm. but you know, people, well, yeah. and people, people were taught Shannon. Shannon, you would not see Shannon and Brian Gumble together. No. Okay. James Brown was the basically the only one. 
the the football, mm-hmm. the football sportscaster. Mm-hmm. You talking about football? Yeah, football no, sportscaster. Yeah, the sportscaster. But mm-hmm. when you look at the scope of things that we've moved on, it's like except okay, self love has come back. Well, to I think we get conditioned with fads and styles and stuff like that, and we go through steps. So what I call self hate. You know, and when you start judging people based upon skin their skin color, like you said, mm-hmm. light skin against the dark skin. See, that's slave. That's some slave mentality yeah. that's been but, carried on throughout the generation. We're getting to the point where it no that is no longer, you know. Well, I we we're getting there. We're getting we're getting there. there. We're but getting I still, you know, I still but we still, it, huh? I still think it. Still, I still think it is. Think it's it a is. prevalent. I mean, I've had a lady tell me, I don't date. Uh, uh, high yellow guys, mm-hmm. you know, light light skinned guys. I say really, and I wasn't trying to hit on her. Yeah. But she just told me, I I, I don't. That's not my preference. You must have been being nice to her. That's why. No. No, I was just I, having I, a basic conversation. I don't I don't date them. You know, give me a chocolate drop. You know, and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, if that's must, preference, and that's what you like. You wow. like what you like. But people don't like the heart, and they wow. don't like the persona of a person. Mm-hmm. And they look at a person from the exterior right. rather than the interior. Right. And when you do that, you do, you come You've out. Already marked everybody. You marked your mark. You you didn't psh, you didn't knock. Right. You might run it. That might be the number one man in your life that you're right. passing up. Right. Because you got a hang up. Mm-hmm. You know, or the number one woman in your life because you got a hang up. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Right. You judging people I'm about. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you got to hang up. You know, people ask me all the time. They say, they say, Bobby, and where your girl at? I said, Well, I don't have one. You know, and there's reasons for that. You know, there's reason. You know, somebody got to understand my purpose and what I stand for and what's going on in order to go forward. Because I got to understand her purpose too. So when you meet somebody like that who understands that, then you stay out of prison. <laughs> you stay out of the penitentiary, and you know what I mean. And you can go out and actually vote for yeah. eight oh five. You know what right. I mean. Look, and feel pretty yeah, you good stay about out it. Of prison because you don't have to come in that. Right. Yeah, you stay out of prison. You stay out of prison. You know, so that's what it is. <laughs> well, look here. We're gonna take a little break, and we're gonna come right back. You know what I mean. And uh, we're on here with Jacqueline. Jacqueline, Jacqueline, Jacqueline Blocker, and uh, we've been talking about state question 805, 805, 805, vote yes, vote yes, yes. so we're going to be right back, so we want you guys to stick around, okay? Hey y'all, this is Greg Robinson running for mayor of Tulsa, I'm glad to be at KBOB 89.9, y'all make sure to support Black Radio and make sure to support the community by going out registering to vote and voting on August 25th. Visit Greg Robinson for Tulsa.com. Appreciate y'all. Hello, Tulsa. This is Jeanetta Toll. Yeah, Rico's out. Rico's out. Rico's out. Every Saturday and Sunday from 11 a.m. until 4 p.m. We're located 531 East Apache in the historic Apache Circle Center. Of course, during these times, it's carry-out only, but you can call 918-951-5143. That's Sunday Dinner and More by Janice. 
Star Security and Private Investigation provides over 35 years of experience to ensure your security and investigation needs are met. Our officers are CLEAT and state certified. If you're seeking employment, stop by our website at www.northstarsecurityandpi.com. For details on quotes and employment opportunities, call today at 918-248-6592. That's 918-248-6592. North Star Security and Private Investigation. If your credit starts with a 3, 4, 5, or 6, this is for you. Did you know that it's costing you to have bad credit? You can't get qualified for that house or apartment and you're paying high interest rates, along with paying high car insurance, and it may be costing you that job that you really want. What are you waiting on? Take more of a holistic approach. Pick up the phone and call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626. With 13 amazing services, we restore and repair generations to come. Once again, call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626. If you know better, you do better. Only the Credit Shiro can help you to save the day. What's up, y'all? This is Charlie Wilson, and you listen to K-Bob. 89.9 89.9 FM. Bobby Eaton Show. Hi, yeah. This is the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. And we've been talking about state question 805 with Jacqueline Blocker. <laughs> you know, I have to say it like that. So I like it. Get it, get it, get it, get it good. And we've been dealing with some of the issues in the community and things like um talking about uh, imprisonment, getting our fellow guys who are incarcerated, sentences shortened, mm-hmm. and that's what it needs to be. It needs to be shortened. you know. So we tell our stories our way here on the Bobby Eaton Show, and we're here every Monday, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, and on Saturdays from 12 to 2. And we talk about a variety of talk topics, unfiltered, just natural, Come in and do it. So if you want to contact us, you can stop by 1533 North Norfolk, or you can call us at 918-856-3873. Hey, and the best way to go is just to go to the website, y'all, everybody out there listening, because I want you to read some of the things that we're doing because we're more than just a radio station. You know, we do a lot of things in the community, uh, give away backpacks, school supplies, food. We do that, you know, with our youth. And uh, you can go to our website now. Get a pen and paper, write it down, or just remember it. It is kbob99.com. Again, that is kbob899.com. And we live stream 24-7, playing that old school music uh, and long of 
with giving you uh, conscious information. So we're back, 8.05, you know, and um, that's uh, – I'm just wondering why is that just not popping up right now? Well, we actually uh, started this in November, and it's a very long process to do a constitutional ballot initiative. So uh, we started signature collection. We filed for the ballot initiative, and the Secretary of State assigns a date when you can start signature collections, and it's a 90-day process. So State Question 805 was assigned December 26th the day after Christmas to start our signature collection. And we had to stop 10 days early because of the pandemic out of safety for our petitioners. So um, even though we had a shortened signature collection process, we actually got over 248,000 signatures certified. And How many? Over 248,000 signatures That's a lot of certified. signatures. We obtained over 260,000, and 248,000 were certified by the Secretary of State. So um, we've been working on this for a long time. It's a long process, and uh, there is a 10-day um, opposition period that ends July 28th. Um, people have the right to come and oppose the signature validation. So we're coming close to the end of that 10-day period. But we are gearing up. We're moving hard. People are working around the clock. We need volunteers, volunteers to help spread the word. Um, please go to yeson805.org and get more information. Sign up to volunteer. There are so many ways that you can get involved. Like I said, we have virtual phone banks, peer-to-peer texting. You can go door-to-door. You can host your own virtual um, listening session, and so you can have conversations about it. Uh, We have so many opportunities to spread the word. So this is an important initiative. We know a lot of people support it, but we have got to get the word out. We need your help to spread the word. We need your help to um, educate the community about this important initiative. So please go to yeson805.org, sign up to volunteer, get more information, um, participate in our virtual town halls. Um, I will give Mr. Eaton my information. If you want to reach out to me, I am happy to speak with him. I'm right here. So it is, um, my name is Jacqueline. You can email me at Jacqueline at okjusticereform.org. And I'd be happy to uh, talk to anyone about this and other ways to advocate. Great. Well, hey, we got a few minutes left on the show. I want to really thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come over here and talk about this issue. We've had a great conversation, me, you, and Sherry. Thank you for having me. And the show is recorded. All you got to do is go to Google the Bobby Eaton Show, and it'll be right there. And you can just play it back. For those who didn't get a chance to hear it, share it, you know, and use it on your social media platforms or where you at. KBOB 89.9 FM radio. We're a little bit early, but that's okay because we're going to get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You guys take care and have a good one, okay? All right.
This is Ralph Johnson of Earth, Wind, and Fire, and whenever I'm in Tulsa, I'm tuned in to KPOD 89.9 on the FM.